Today's episode is brought to you by Funky Forever, which sells earrings and pins. Owner Asha Abdullah's designs are unique and, well, funky. And that's a good thing. Visit www.funkyforever.bigcartel.com. Please remember to support Black-owned businesses. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. All right. Um, hello. We're here today with Yvonne Abdullah. Yvonne has agreed to talk with us a little bit um, today about her journey. Um, her husband died when they were a young couple. And she's going to share what that looked like for her and her family. And we're going to talk, just walk, she's going to walk us through her, um, her journey. And in full disclosure, Yvonne is a very close family friend of, of mine and my husband. And um, actually, her husband was um, my son, our son's godfather. So we did a lot together. So I'm honored to have her here today. Teresa, did you have anything you wanted to add before we begin? No, I just wanted to say thank you, Yvonne, for taking the time. We certainly appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. All right. Okay. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. So, Yvonne, tell, tell us a bit about your family and your husband, Shahid. Talk us a little bit about what was happening at the time that all of this occurred. And just share what you feel comfortable with sharing. Okay. So, we lived in Silver Spring, Maryland, and we had one son in college. Shahid was 39 and I was 37. So, he had he had gotten a degree in criminal justice from the University of Maryland and I was working for the Federal Reserve. So we had been there 10 years and, and he was also a consultant and we had been married for 18 years. We were childhood sweethearts. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, <laughs> so in December, 1989, we found out I was pregnant. Like I said, at the time, my son was in college and <laughs> I had- I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So I had had three miscarriages. So we talked about it and we felt like we had been blessed with a son. So I had a tubal ligation. Mm -hmm. So we were totally shocked and excited, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. when we found out I was pregnant. So that's where we were, you know, before- tragic hit right okay okay now um so can you share specifics about when you say tragedy hit what can you share specifics about what happened at that time well at the time Shahid he wasn't feeling well and he was like a health nut I mean he yeah, exercised he was he really was yeah yeah he exercised, he ate well, made sure, you know, cause he did all the cooking, so. Yeah. And this, this was, folks, I want you to know, um, and Teresa, you can relate to this about being a health nut. Um, 
this was before, way before other people got on the bandwagon of eating naturally and, and, you know, eating healthy food. He was there already years ago. Yes, he was. So, so he really had never been sick before, but it turned out he had a urinary tract infection. And so he was taking a medicine that was, was prescribed, but he ended up telling the doctor that he didn't feel like he was getting any better. And so then the doctor told him to come in because he wanted to do some blood work to make sure that he didn't have leukemia. Of course, we were totally shocked by leukemia, you know, and when we found out that he really had it, I mean, it just, it, it like blew us away. I mean, we just found out we was getting ready to have a baby. We didn't know whether that would affect the baby. We didn't know where it came from. We, you know, we were just like, I don't know, just, just totally shocked. So, so we were totally shocked. And um, so they told him this on a Friday and they had him in the hospital by Sunday. So, yep, they, because he had acute leukemia, which is what children have, and it was growing rapidly. So they put him in for um, a hospital on Sunday so that they could start like an extensive chemo treatment for him. So probably by that Tuesday, he just touched his head and a handful of hair came out. And so he was like, get my barber over here, please. <laughs> and which I did. And, you know, they, he had all of his hair cut off. So then um, the, the chemo, like I said, it was like the probably one of the heaviest doses, you know, to, to get it in, to start working and everything for him. So he was in the hospital for at least a month with this chemo and a few family members came over to see him, but he decided that he didn't want anybody to come see him, but our son, me, his aunt and his best friends in Richmond. Those were the only people he wanted to come see him because he said it was just too much seeing them. They, he was like, he meant everything to everybody. He and, really did, yeah. And it just seemed like really hard on him right. to see them. So he just asked that, you know, I just let people know that he would prefer, you know, if nobody didn't come right now. Right. So everybody, because everybody in the, in the family was having a hard time seeing him sick. Everybody. yeah. Yeah, so, so he lived 18 months after being diagnosed. And out of that time, he was... He was sick at least three months and he was supposed to have a bone marrow transplant, but he had to be in remission a certain amount of time before they could do it. But his brother was, his younger brother was going to be his donor. Well, after he, after he passed, um, well, of course we had a baby girl mm -hmm. and he passed when she was 11 months old and he worked from home and he kept her. So, I mean, she was the apple of his eye. I mean, he was doing, you know, everything he can, like spending every moment he could with her. And um, so after he passed, my son wanted to, he was going to school in Salisbury. He was um, 
he wanted to quit school and come home to take care of me. But I told him not to do that because he didn't know when he would be able to go back and that I was going to be fine. So, mm. um, Can you uh, share a bit about the impact? I know you said your son wanted to come home, but you said he, he'd be fine. Can you talk about the, the, um, the impact on, on the children and if you even had the chance to think about the future at that time when, when he died? Well, of course, you know, it was a very important time in my son's life. You know, he was about to become a man and his dad was his best friend. He really so he um he stayed in school and he foot he had been playing football for years. And after his dad died, he broke his leg in a scrimmage game. So I was I, you know, whenever we traveled to Salisbury, we didn't miss a game and, you know, anything, but he, here he was in the hospital and I'm not a long distance driver. So everywhere we went, Shahid yeah. drove, but I had to go over that bridge to get to him in Salisbury. And I just prayed all the way. And when, at, when I went to the hospital to see him, you know, like the room was packed with all his football buddies and they actually lifted me up to get me to the bed where I could see him and he was just blown away because he couldn't believe <laughs> that I actually had driven yeah. down to yeah. see him you know but um God is good and I got down there safely and everything and he went on and he finished school and um but when it when it did happen we had we had always lived in Silver Spring, Maryland, and we had moved to Fort Washington, Maryland, and it was it was just different from me being there because I'd always been in Silver Spring. So I went back to Silver Spring because that's where his aunt was, and my grandmother raised me, and his aunt was like you know the one for me. I needed that wisdom and yeah. you know and that comfort yeah from her, and so. That's, you know, she was a major, major person in my life at the time to, you know, kind of help see me through what was going on. Yeah. Well, well and I just want to share because I, I want people to get the full picture of what happened because Shahi really was an amazing man. He was quite accomplished. At his death, he was on Capitol Hill. He was working. Um, as a matter of fact, my one of my recommendations to go to law school came from him because of his, where he, you know, because of his stature and who he was and what he'd accomplished. I kept it. I still have his words. Um, and so he was just, uh, he was so progressive in his thinking, um, so intelligent, so committed very much into events of the day and making sure that you know as a as a community that we were growing and he certainly was an asset so i just want to make sure that people get a full understanding of what a man he was just such a devoted husband and and uh father um i mean it was just it was just a, a very very rough time yeah yeah. So, um, so Yvonne, I know that 
we all know death happens and we even know that other women have lost their husbands and but it's not to minimize that at all but what was unexpected for you what did you even with your knowledge and intelligence and talking to other people and having like you said his on around you to give support and wisdom and i'm sure other people were talking to you but what was unexpected what did you not really anticipate that happened uh, as you tried to adjust to his death was there anything at all um well i mean we knew that at some point you know yeah that things might happen but it happened probably i guess you never really compared or prepared for it so when it did happen everybody thought that because Shahid was my whole world. He was my mother, my father, my everything. Because yeah. Yeah. my mother passed when I was 15. And, you know, like I he said. He got married. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everybody, you know, thought, oh, my goodness, you know, she's not going to make it. You know, yeah. it's just going to be just too much for her. But, you know, God stepped in. And, you know, I was able to... <clears throat> to to bear it but i i spent a lot of i didn't you know go to any kind of grief counseling okay. but i spent a lot of time focusing on my children so i never really grieved like it was a long time before i actually grieved mm -hmm. and when i said i moved back to silver spring the house that i moved in in silver spring one night i went in i put the key through the door and i got inside and i think um Zanaya, I mean, not Zanaya, Asha. <laughs> Zanaya is my granddaughter. Asha is my daughter. But Asha was at my aunt's house and I turned the key and I went in and I just broke down. It was the first time I had really, really just let go mm -hmm. and grieve because I was just determined to be strong yeah. for them. But then, you know, I just got on my knees and I just prayed that, you know, I know that he would want me to be strong and to, you know, do my best and and take care of the kids. And he knew that I would never, ever forget him and how much I loved him. So I just found the strength to, you know, keep on keeping on and found me a church in Silver Spring and got involved in the church and, you know, just took it one day at a time. And like I said, I had been a job a long time and everybody on my job was very supportive and stuff too. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I hung in there. It wasn't easy. I'm not even going to try to make light of it, right. you know, because I, I lost a part of me, you know, when I lost him and, sure. you know, that's just, you know, never gonna change it's been 29 years and you know it still feel like yesterday mm. okay yeah um yvonne was it a conscious decision not to get grief counseling or did you just were you just determined to focus all your attention on your children um i i was young and wasn't thinking about you know, that I was just living my life day to day and struggling and doing what I had to do. And I mean, 
if I had it to do over, I probably would have, you know, I, what, what I did do is, um, at work, we had program, you know, and so I did do some counseling, some talk, but I never went to a support group. Okay. So, you know, I just mm -hmm. did some things, what they, they offered at work. So Yvonne, you shared about that day when you've been trying to be strong all the time and you went in and you finally just sort of let it, let it go in terms of crying and, and uh, grieving. But was there ever a moment after all of this, sort of an aha moment, if you will, when something happened to let you know you and, and Shay and Asha, you'd be fine, that you sort of turned the corner and you would all be okay? Was there anything that happened? Um, I don't know that anything specific happened, um, but I knew that you and Nashi had been there for me, mm -hmm. and you know, and my aunt, and and I mean, everybody was there for me, but. I just felt like <clears throat> you guys staying in contact with me and being with me through thick or thin was was like a major thing that happened in my life. And like I said, his aunt was was there. And, you know, she was the type of person who always said, baby, you know, it's going to be okay. And, you know, so I, I just sort of latched on to that because I really miss my, my grandmother. And so I don't want to say nobody else was there for me, but mm -hmm. you guys and, and his aunt were just like, you know, what I needed right. to sort of keep me grounded and focused on the kids. And um, you always were very encouraging and, and, you know, complimented me on whatever I was doing, positive and keeping it together. So, well, well, thank you. That's just because, um, of course, your family's always been um, been special to us and always will be. I, I remember when we got the news about Shahid. When I got it, I remember coming home and Nasheed was on the floor. You know, sitting on the floor, and he was hanging up the phone and his expression. I'd never seen his face look like that. Never seen it uh, before, never seen it since. And I immediately looked at him. I said, what is wrong? What happened? Because I knew it was something traumatic that had happened. And he told me then that Shahid was sick. And so that was, um, and like I said, just to give people a full understanding, this was the couple, you know, as young couples making it together, this was who we hung out with. This is who we did things with. We hung out together. We spent the night at each other's homes. We checked in with each other. We made plans together. This was our group. So uh, it was um, it was a tremendous loss, but yeah. Okay. Well, I knew that, you know, it was my children that, you know, the reason that I was able to, to keep going on because I, I knew how Shahi felt about those kids. Yeah. And uh, I loved them just the same, but he was 
he was a father. He was a father with a capital F. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I spent on a, a lot of time just focusing on them. And then I realized that I had to focus on myself because if I wasn't there, who would take care of them? So that too is what kept me going. It's like, you know, I need the strength to be able to take care of this baby, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, Shay was grown, but he still needed, you know, his special right. attention too. So, you know, I just became stronger day by day and without yeah. my faith in God, I don't know where I would be because I could have easily gone drowned and just, you know, went yeah. astray the alcohol, drugs or, or anything just to, you know, kind of ease the pain, but I never was that type of person. So. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, so, um, Yvonne, I know um, this is going to be a hard question because as women, many times we have a hard time patting ourselves on the back, but what, what did you do right that made navigating his death easier for you and your family, either before he died or after, after his death? Well, before he died, Shahid used to talk to me about dying and I didn't want to discuss it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew he got sick. Yeah. When, I mean, you know, like through at maybe after he had, gone in a second time or or as you know when i was pregnant you know he um he started talking about you know well we need to talk about it and everything because he was when he was in the hospital one time he couldn't walk and so he had to kind of learn how to walk again and i i was pregnant so i so i had got he had gotten <laughs> me these tennis shoes before he actually had gone in the hospital. And then when he was in the hospital, he told me, I need some of those shoes like you got so so I could start walking. So we would be, you know, walking through the hospital with the same shoes on, you know, holding each other up and just, um, you know, going through the whole idea that he was sick because he just was such a healthy person. And the nurses, they, they loved him to death. Mm -hmm. And to, to this day, I have these birds that they brought in his room um, to cheer him up on most days. So, you know, I just think that a part of him was, you know, with me all the time. And so it just made me feel strong. Mm -hmm. because I, I know how he was about his family and, and I wanted to, you know, be able to say I did it, you know, just yeah. so he would be proud of me to right. know that, you know, I know you got this baby. I know you, I know you can do it. Yeah. 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 Um, so what, what advice can you offer other young women and men who have um, either lost a spouse or a partner? Well, my thing is just don't give up. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you might feel like it, but if you just keep on, you know, trusting in God and understanding that you'll make it through it, you will. I mean, it's, it's 
my thing was too is that as much as I wanted him to be with us, I didn't want him to have to live that way. I didn't want him to yeah. be in pain. I didn't want to see him suffering. And I know he didn't want to be in pain. Now, one thing that at the, at the end, the day that he actually passed, the doctor had said to me, you know, well, he is going to be a vegetable. He's not going to make it, you know, asking me if I wanted them to, you know, take him off the machine and everything. And we talked about it and we told the doctor, do whatever you can, just keep trying. So I had, his aunt lived up the street from the hospital. So I went to his aunt's house to change clothes. And when I got back, he had passed. And I was actually thankful that I didn't have to make the decision to, you know, to pull the plug and that it happened naturally. Mm. I think that if I had to make that decision, that would have haunted me the rest of my life. And I didn't want to do that, especially after he said, do whatever you can. And we were in agreement about that. Mm -hmm. So I just say, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And my, um, my daughter was my, you know, lifeline, my, my encouragement, my whatever, because Shay went on and, you know, he, he did well and he was, you know, with, and I wanted him to live his life. So he was, you know, he went to California and, you know, came for successful and everything. So I was very proud of him, but you know, I know that little girl was my miracle because she was a miracle in the beginning. Because yeah. I had the tubal ligation and, you know, then I got pregnant with her. I knew that God didn't want me to be alone. So, yeah. So right. I was, you know, all into her and yeah. now I'm all into my grandbaby. <laughs> <laughs> Just know for anybody out there who's going through you know, similar situations and stuff. I I was young and Shahid died at 40. My mother died around that age. And now I'm 67 years old and, you know, hanging in there, doing what I got to do and loving life, trying to be, you know, good to my family and, and good to myself. And, you know, just praying for peace in this world. So, yeah, you know, okay. that's where I am today. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for, uh, for meeting with us. And we appreciate you sharing your story. When we know better, we do better. Take good care.